This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Hansen once again. Welcome to the Warning Radio program. Today I continue on Moloch Ruling America, where I was speaking for Beacon of Truth, Church, Garnet, Kansas, on July 19, 2023. Enjoy. That same man called me up before Trump was removed from office out of this uh, Deep South coup, stealing the election. He said, I found us on Google when you came to Rwanda. Now he says, I am now in Homeland Security. I'm working for President Trump. I want you to write a letter to the president, say you only want five minutes of his time. Mention me in it that you brought peace to Rwanda. I'll pick you up, take you to my home, take you to the president, put you on a plane, get you out of Washington, D.C. I'm just mentioning how God does things. I never had any anticipation that in the 90s, clear back now in 2020, that I would ever talk to that man again. But look how... If you're faithful, how things can happen in the future. Are you with me? Just like a harvest. You're faithful to plant it and till it and water it. And in the future, there's a harvest. These are things we must understand. Can we be faithful? There's a harvest in the future that you might not even see, but it's coming. It's coming. It's there. It's promised. What you sow, you'll reap. Now, I could tell you so many other stories of that. Burundi. From Kigali, I went on public bus to Burundi because there was fighting in the capital of Bujumburu. Fighting. The airports were closed down. There was an embargo. I had to go by public bus. Now, I'm the only white man going through the jungles of Rwanda, Burundi, into the capital. The ambassador of the United Nations for Burundi met me at the bus stop. He said, I can't believe, Reverend Hansen, you're alive. You have to be a man of God. The bus was ambushed. People were screaming and crying and wailing. I believe God opened their eyes up to angels. And why do I say that? Because I'm going to give you several other testimonies where that happened. They never attacked. We went through. For three hours, they had us surrounded. And we went through. In the parliament, I'd given a word. I sent the word. It came to pass. They invited me. And that's how I meet with parliaments. But sometimes in the parliament, then God will use me in a word of knowledge. And this time he did. Sir, you shot a man in the head. You killed him. Now, these are members of parliament. Sir, you slashed a man across the face. You killed him. God exposed five sins of murder. I said, there's mercy and grace today. God said, if you'll stand and repent, he'll forgive you. To 
tomorrow I see your president, the next day the president of Rwanda. But if you fail to stand under mercy and grace for every week I'm gone, one of you will die. And you'll know God sent a real prophet to Burundi. Five members of parliament stood and confessed of murder. The next day the president heard what happened in the parliament, wouldn't receive me. God had a word for him, for his own life and future, his sins. He wouldn't see me. It came to pass. They chased him from office. The new president came in, heard what happened, invited me back. I went and met four more days with a new president and his cabinet. And now they've invited me back again to hold meetings in the capital. He said, lead my nation to Christ. See, God is real. He's alive. He still moves. Nobody can touch you unless God allows it. That's the reality. I've had people rise up, charge at me, couldn't bring the dagger down, just froze. I had another man threaten, and the Spirit of God came on me. If you don't quit your threatening, you can fall over dead. Continued, continued, continued to threaten, threaten the church. He fell over dead. They did an autopsy. Malaria hit the brain. Nothing can touch you unless God allows it. Does that make you Superman? No. I still have to fast and pray if I'm going into a situation that fear grips me. I'm a flesh and blood, but with his strength, his power, his anointing, his authority, and his mandate, I can go anywhere. Can you say amen? You can go anywhere when God gives you a commission. And if you have to fast and pray to fulfill it, then fast and pray. Some of it might be just to bring restoration to a family member that the Holy Spirit has been telling you to go talk to for a long time and you've been delaying it. Out of maybe fear and intimidation, possibly it's just a manifestation of pride. Are we together? Amen? I sent a letter to a pastor in Zimbabwe to meet me at the Zimbabwe border, Zambia. He was in Zambia, meet me at the Zimbabwe border, Victoria Falls. I waited three hours, he never came. The Holy Spirit told me to walk. I walked across the border. I don't know where I'm going, but I waited three hours and I'm, my face was really starting to burn up. You know, the African sun, I didn't have a hat. I thought he would be there. I crossed the border and somebody says, Pastor, follow me. Puts me in a vehicle. Tells the bus driver, take this man to Livingston, Zambia. Okay. I don't think too much about it. I thought the pastor just sent somebody, put me on the bus. I get off the bus, I reach in my pocket to give him the kwacha, the currency for Zambia, and he, he doesn't want to even look at it. Now, I'm a little confused. I've been to Zambia before, and like Mexico, if you don't know what you're doing, they'll tell you three times more than it cost. So I thanked him. I got off the bus. Somebody says, Pastor, follow me. So I follow. They take me, tell me directions, where to go, so I go up the street where they're telling me there's a fork in a row and I take the wrong fork. And somebody on the other side says, Pastor, you're going the wrong way. Follow me. Okay. So I turn around and follow him. He takes me to within 100 meters of, of the pastor's home. He says, he lives there. Thank you. I start walking, then I turn around to ask him another question and I can't find him. Now, I don't think too much about it. There's a lot of people. Somehow I just lost him in the crowd. I go, I knock, Pastor Mumba. He doesn't answer the door fast enough. I open it up and walk in. I'm still a little hot, you know, my face is red. And I said, Pastor Mumba, I sent you a fax. I waited three hours in the sun. 
you can see I'm sunburned. Why didn't you come? He hasn't answered. But at least you sent me people along the way, and here I am. He said, Pastor Hansen, I sent nobody to pick you up because I never got your facts. How did you travel? I showed him the quacha. I said, I was going to use this, but the bus driver never wanted to look at it. He just let me ride free. He said, that quacha has been disillusioned, you know, they destroyed it, discarded seven months ago. He says, You're, you have no money. Again, I, I never got your facts. I walked out of his room, right into his bedroom, fell on his bed, and I started crying. He didn't have my facts. He didn't know I was coming. Yet three beings met me, Zimbabwe, Zambia, Livingston, right to his home. I just cried. My grandmother grandfather, First Assembly of God missionaries in northern China. She was preaching alone in a village. She was surrounded by this notorious gang. She recognized them. He was a murderer, rapist. She watched and watched. She watched all night. They never attacked her. In the morning, they left. Two years later, she's in a village witnessing. This same notorious, well-known murderer came up to her and said, I want to ask you a question. Two years ago, we surrounded you. Do you remember that? She said, yes. She said, why didn't you attack me? He said, we couldn't, we couldn't attack you. You had guards, nine feet tall guards. And when we tried to get closer, they pulled out the swords. And on the end of the sword was fire. We couldn't come near you. She was alone. Those were the angels of the Lord. And country after country after country I go, they see angels behind me. Cayman Islands, seven horizontal, seven vertical, and a giant angel. There's always a giant angel. Country after country. I started complaining to God. I said, God, all of these people see these angels around me, and even in churches in America, they see this giant angel. People are afraid to come up to the altar. I want to see my giant angel. I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I had fallen asleep on my couch in my living room, and there he was. I don't personally see a lot of angels. That was the first time I saw an angel, other than when they had, two had walked in, which other people witnessed. And you know how I knew he was my giant angel? He went through our, now the ceiling wasn't as high as this, my home, but he went through the ceiling, and uh, I could only see chest below. Now, I wasn't afraid. I just sat there not knowing what to do. I must have sat for 15 minutes. You know, like Paul says in, in others, like a dead man. I just, I wasn't afraid, but I didn't know what to do. Here he is. And I got up and he disappeared. Six months later, I'm in another room in my house, fell asleep. I woke up and there was a golden angel. Now, the, the giant angel was white with a robe on, a type of white I've never seen before. This was a golden angel, size of a stairwell, so probably six-something. He had a trumpet. Same thing. I just look at him, he looks at me. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not afraid, but I don't, you know, wow. So we're looking at each other like I'm looking at Charlie Watts. I mean, that real, he was real. I wasn't asleep, it wasn't a vision. There he is. And after about 15 minutes, he left. I said, Lord, why did you send this angel? You know, the trumpet. 
because he says we're getting close we're getting close to all things coming to pass and the trumpet of the Lord sounding now literally I could talk to you for hours this way for hours Moloch Canaanite deity associated with child sacrifice that's going on in America a statue of Moloch was stationed at the entrance of the Colosseum in Rome to welcome visitors to an exhibition that ran through March 20, 2020. This location is where Christian martyrs died when they would not renounce their faith in Jesus Christ. The height of this hypocrisy cannot be overlooked. The leaders of the world do not look to God of the Bible as supreme, worthy of loyalty, worship, and obedience. Placing the statue of Moloch there was an example of how the world, especially demons, influencing the leaders of the world view true Christians. They see them as ignorant, stupid, narrow-minded individuals resisting the morality of the new world order where the morality of Moloch is worshipped. You know, most politicians aren't afraid of the church a bit. And they tell me that. They don't have to worry about the church. They're out to lunch. They're not in tune with reality. They think exactly what I just said. And so do demons, because most Christians aren't aware of demons anymore. No discernment. Most pastors can't recognize them or cast them out. Throughout the Bible, where the Israelites engaged in the morality of Moloch, even to the extent of killing their children in the fires of Moloch, God judged them. They went into bondage and slavery as everything they did failed. Leviticus 18.21. Do not allow any of your children to be offered to Moloch. The morality of Moloch Includes not only killing babies in the mother's womb, but homosexuality, lesbianism, cross-dressing, adultery, fornication, cohabitation, drunkenness, idolatry, deceit, witchcraft, etc. They're trying to take our worship off God and onto Moloch. Some other deity. Some other principality. Some other religion. Romans 1, 28 through 32, you can read it. 1 Chronicles 10, 13 through 14, you can read it. I don't have time to read it. Revelation 13, 7, 16 through 17. I'll read you a verse or two. Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And you're talking about deceivableness, deception, because we're rejecting the truth. Have you ever seen America under such deception and insanity as today? Even Sodom and Gomorrah, my goodness. They didn't have 27 genders. If you don't think we're ripe for judgment, my goodness, the cup of iniquity is filling up and about ready to pour over. First for repentance and then for destruction. The signs of judgment. I wrote a book back there. 29 chapters. I don't have time to get into the signs of judgment. God is predictable. You can see the rise and fall of nations. When their cup of iniquity becomes full, we are ripe for judgment. I was invited to the Republican conference three weeks ago to speak. And most of those guys have come through my office to be on my program so we can get them elected. Now, I was also a keynote speaker. I opened prayer the day before for the next, I hope, governor of Washington State. Because we're living under a tyrant right now, Jay Inslee. And when it was my turn to speak, I said, you know, guys, we're trying to get you elected. You know it. You've been in my studios. But even if we got every one of you elected, even if we put Trump back in the office, even if we take the Congress and the Senate, yet... You will not stop the judgment of God because many of you accept homosexuality. The Republican Party accepts homosexuality and LGBTQ. And this nation is going to come under judgment and millions will die anyway, even though you are in office. 
You're only going to delay the toppling of the republic. You will not stop the judgment of God. You say, are you going to be invited back? I don't know. I don't care. Our position is to represent Jesus Christ. If Donald Trump had good people around him, he wouldn't have got into this mess of going with homosexuality. Where are all these pastors that were around Donald Trump? Bragging and boasting. What did they do? I spoke for Jerry Jones's uh, businessmen, bankers, billionaires, etc., scientists. I said this, basically the same thing. I said, we are losing America. You know it and I know it. They're trying to have a great reset. They're trying to destroy the economy, move us into a new world order. You know it! Filled with bankers, and not a one is arguing. He's saying, you're right. And I go over the whole thing. Two Trump supporters were there, advisors. And I go into the Republican Party, the failure of now they're accepting homosexuality. When in 1973, sodomy was a crime and you'd be arrested for it. It was classified under the DSM-3, Diagnostic Study of Mental Disorders, as a mental illness that they needed rehabilitation. Thomas Jefferson authorized a bill to castrate homosexuals. President Thomas Jefferson. More states recommended the death penalty. Many life imprisonment right here in the United States not too long ago. Now, I share that on radio and television, and I just quote it, history, and they can't sue me because it's history. President Thomas Jefferson authorized a bill to castrate homosexuals. They understood it brings a curse on a nation and God judges that nation. Do you understand this? Years ago, we understood the seriousness of sin. We love that person, but we know the sin will bring judgment on any nation that condones it. We've got to have another great awakening. The church has to rise up and not be filled with fear and intimidation. If we don't have another great awakening, it's all over. Put up Melita. I don't have time to go into the depths of this, but I do want to just share the authority you and I have. We adopted this baby out of Africa. They tried to decapitate her, cut her head off. CNN covered the story because they had cut the esophagus and they had to wrap the head to keep it on her shoulders. Miracle baby from Somalia. CNN covered the story. This is what miracles are made of. This baby did not die. Next. So they're holding her head together. Again, decapitation. Uh, the Muslims, why did they do it? Um, we'll never know for sure. If the parents were Christian and they killed the parents and killed, I mean, Somalia is deeply Muslim. And they kill you if you say Jesus is God. Because in Islam, Jesus is a prophet, comes back to kill the Jews and the Christians and usher in their utopia. So she had tubes in her. They said she would never eat, talk, or breathe. Next. Four years later, she's in a Seattle hospital. Now, I won't go into the story how we got her here or anything else. Miracles along the way, including provision. I mean, um, we had to sacrifice a whole year's salary to show to the court if we could win the case, U.S. versus Somalia. And I can't go into the details. It's really encouraging how God moved and, and we came against all odds. They said, you'll never win the case, Reverend Hansen. It's U.S. versus Somalia. It's Christianity versus Islam. You'll never win. Anyway, I'll say this much, we won. Without going into the details, which would really be encouraging. But like I said, we sacrificed a year's income to buy the suction machine to show the court if we get her, we can keep her alive. I'll tell you, every month, every month after we adopted her for four years, every month, 
It costs $500 to just buy the instruments to keep her alive. And every month it came in from I don't know where. Sometimes out of Britain, here's pounds. It came up to $500. Are you hearing me? In Africa, when we sacrificed our living allowance to buy the machine, every month God provided our food. I was over Africa for missionaries at that time, and missionaries were coming in from Uganda that were Spanish, and my, my wife said, I wish we could make them Spanish food, and uh, I wish we had hamburger and cheese. Ten minutes later, there's a knock on the door. I go to the door. No one's at the door. There is a box filled with hamburger and cheese. I, I remember teasing her until she went on to glory. Why didn't you ask for tomatoes and, and onions? And uh, come on, let's do it right. You should have asked for some other things. She got hamburger and cheese. And we still made him a great dish. But I'm just telling you how God is interested in your needs. Are you there? He's interested in your needs. They said she was never able to talk, eat, or breathe. They tried 10 days in ICU in a coma, they couldn't bring her out of it. They heard the story about Somalia and how they tried to cut her head off and she's still alive. And so doctors and nurses would come in every day wanting me to tell a story because they couldn't believe it. It made the medical journals. Baby won't die. They said, Reverend Hansen, we're going to try to bring her out of a coma for the last time. They tried two other times. Now we're going to let you in the room, which is against our policy since you're the father, but you stay in that corner and you don't say a word or we'll throw you out. They're trying to bring her out of a coma and they can't do it. Her vitals keep going up and the Lord says, pray for her. And I said, God, they're going to throw me out. Pray for her. They're going to throw me out. Pray for her. Father God, they're going to throw me out. You heard them. If you don't pray for her, your daughter will die. I squeeze in seven doctors and they're looking at me like, hey, we told you to stay out of here. And I started to command the spirit of death. Spirit of death, go in Jesus' name. And the vitals come down. They're looking at me, but it worked. It rises. I command a spirit of death for the second time. Spirit of death, go. But I do it with authority. In Jesus' name, the vitals come down. It rises. I command the spirit of death a third time. Spirit of death, go in Jesus' name. The vitals come down and they stay down. Next. And that's how she looked. And she could eat, she could talk, she could breathe. She ended up graduating with a four point and going to the state in basketball. Can you believe that? Hallelujah! That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. Tell you what, two years ago, next, two years ago, she was in Hawaii with a double skull fracture, first got there, and, and uh, whatever happened, we don't know for sure, but a double skull fracture. I get a call. She had just arrived. She's in the hospital, incubated. They can't stop the bleeding. Incubated for three weeks. I fly there, and I'm with her every single day. Anointing with oil, quoting scripture. They don't think she's ever going to come out of it. They can't stop the bleeding. It's bleeding. There's damage under the brain in the nose. They can't stop it. Pictures look the same way, only now she's older. Once she went into arrhythmia and the room was filled with maybe 11 doctors and nurses. They thought for surely this is it. Uncontrollable bleeding in tubes. I anointed with oil in front of all of those medical people, rebuked the spirit of death. She vomits over the whole bed. Heart comes back to normal. 
Are you there? She gets released. A week later, stopped. She should have never come out of the... She should have never been healed in the first place. She should have never come out of the hospital in Hawaii two years ago. That's the God we serve. All-powerful, nothing's impossible. It's up to you. Move in the word of God. Move what it tells you to do. God honors his word. Draw nigh unto God. He'll draw nigh unto you. The more you draw nigh unto God, the more you move with the power of God. Everybody in this room can move with God. Everybody in this room, everybody in this room can move with God. Draw nigh unto God. He'll draw nigh unto you. You can see souls saved, people healed, people delivered. These pastors, I know, are training you. And shoot, they'll teach you how to cast out demons and everything else. Amen? Let's have every head bowed. I know you have to go to work, so we'll put a caboose on this thing. You're saying, Pastor, I want to draw nigh unto God. I want to move in the Holy Spirit. I want God to use me in powerful ways. I want that. If that's your prayer, quickly raise your hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All over this, I think every hand. That's my prayer too. Now here is my friend, Scott Farah, and he's going to help you with your business. Scott? Jesus teaches us that we should never do anything without making a plan first. Most small business owners fail to follow this biblical principle and do not have a written plan for where they want to be in one year, three years, five years. Yet every large business has a written plan. Many who wish to start their own businesses do not develop a plan first. This is one of the major reasons that 80% of all small businesses fail within the first five years. God worked through me to develop a unique educational program for business people. Quite frankly, this program has changed people's lives. If you currently own a business or if you're thinking about going into business for yourself, you need the independence program. Visit our website, independenceprogram.training, and if you choose to purchase this unique educational program, make sure that you use promo code WMI. It will give you a 5% discount. So if what you have just heard resonates with you, and if you care and you want to be an unsung hero, I implore you, please take a few seconds to call us today and leave a message with a short prayer for us because we need to know that you are with us and care enough to be part of the spark with us so that together we can move God to send a great awakening that can reverse the inevitability of God's coming judgment according to what God spoke in Jeremiah 18, 7, and 8. We believe that if you join hands with us, together we can save America from certain catastrophic judgment. So call now, okay? Dial 360-629-5248 and say a short prayer for us in your message and leave your phone number too, okay? So one more time, 360-629-5248. Thank you and God bless.